What's up? Rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Mutant City Horror. Hey, guess what this episode is? Happy birthday to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not our birthday. and We celebrate our season renewals every Halloween. We started our YouTube channel years ago um, on Halloween with uh, some Halloween episodes. And then when we moved over to Spotify, we just ironically happen to post on Halloween again. So we claim our seasons renew every Halloween. So we are currently in our third season. Um, but this episode officially marks our 50th Spotify episode. Thank you, everybody. Uh, honestly, I, I want to take a moment and just thank you, the listener who has been loyal, who has been you know interactive, who's been excited about what we do. We have been fortunate enough to meet a lot of different people throughout this endeavor on Spotify, and we've, you know, uh, have so many different people who are proud of the show and cross-promoting it wherever they can, uh, wherever they can, excuse me, uh, specifically people like Dirty Freaking Joe, VHS Doom Podcast, Bearded Villain 83, Toxic Doom. I mean, uh, you guys are fucking fantastic, and I know that there are some people who uh, maybe don't push the the promotions like that, but listen every week. Um, you know who you are, especially you, uh, super fan Daryl. So thank you. Um, but yeah, we're just we're happy to be here. It's great. We love doing what we're doing. We love even more hearing from you guys that you love what we're doing. I wouldn't have thought that we would have landed at the place that we are at now when we first started um, the Spotify thing, and so. Um, again, thank you because it's all due to, to you guys. So, you know, we want to continue to do this stuff as, for as long as you guys are going to love it. So, you know, when you guys are promoting things and when you guys are asking us questions, when you're emailing the show, when you're, you know, tagging us in posts on Instagram, you know, leaving reviews on Spotify, like all of that stuff goes uh, to help motivate us to continue doing what we're doing for you guys who love to consume it. So, Thank you. I, I look forward to having the same kind of conversation with you guys 50 episodes down the road when we're celebrating 100 and, you know, just continuing to bring you good stuff. Anyways, um, that being said, I, I really want to thank uh, Sam Curtin out of Australia and some of his cast members. That's Dean Kirkwright, Thomas Roach and Benjamin Young Clark, who joined us this week for a roundtable discussion on the body of work by Mr. Sam Curtin. Again, that's Blood Hunt, Slaughterhouse Killer, and Beaten to Death. Now, if you haven't seen any of those films, shame on you. Hopefully, you've listened to our episodes and you got kind of a taste, you know, in our walkthroughs and some of the sound bites. But you should really do yourself a service and go and watch those movies. They are so awesome. The one is better than the next. You know, um, it's a level of gore and horror that I think is, is more realistic than anything that we usually see because these are all very plausible scenarios. And I think that's what makes it great. You're going to hear me talk about that in the discussion over the next 90 minutes. So get ready, sit back, relax, um, you know, check it out. I encourage all of you guys to go and watch the movies thereafter, you know, follow every single one of these people, tag them where you can spread the word. You know, they have a good following in Australia, but we want to get 
them going here in the States because they've got product that people need to be watching. So again, can't say enough good things about these guys. And like I said, let us know what you think after the episode, you know, tag us and stuff. Keep, keep sending the questions over. We love all of you guys and uh, enjoy. We'll, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you guys. First and foremost, I know um, I want Matt's going to be about another minute or two. And I know we're still waiting for Benjamin. So, um, you know, we'll do a formal intro when they get on, but like, thank you so much for agreeing to do all this stuff. I, I don't know um, how often, yeah, people are wanting to talk about your stuff, but, uh, you know, as I'll say, as I'll say later, when I came across the trailer for, um, beaten to death, I was like, holy shit, this movie's like right up my alley. And then to go back and look at your other works of film, I was like, this is great. And so we did a whole, you know, that was the basis for the series and, you know, just talking with, um, you and, uh, everybody else. It's just been, it's been fantastic. So I can't express enough gratitude for all of you guys to be here to, to do this with us. Cause we're just a bunch of horror movie nerds and we don't get a lot of opportunity to talk to the actual makers. So having you guys here is fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, well, we appreciate and thank you guys for taking the interest too. Cause, um, you guys are actually the first people that have ever really looked back at our filmography. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. We've, we've, we've had a little bit of attention as the as the movies have come out, but no one sort of is really. It, is, it, is this Sam Curtin with the black on? Yeah, yeah that's me. Hi, Mr. Curtin. How are you, Matt? How are you, buddy boy? Yeah, good to be here. Hey, man. First of all, have to say, man, you're a fan of uh, true crime. <laughs> true crime. <laughs> well, why is that? Just a guess. You nail it. You, you you nail it like hard on. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dean's been yeah. saying we need to do something based on a true story, haven't you? I think so. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of true crime that comes out of Australia that Sam, I reckon you could nail if you put it on the on the big screen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Also, uh, welcome back. Yeah, I, I have to say, I listen to a lot of podcasts based on true crime, and by every. Uh, movie that we've seen in this anthology of films yeah you totally nail it you totally nail it. <laughs> well thank you thank you yeah well let's do I an see knock right there <laughs> let's do an official <laughs> welcome yeah benjamin thank you for joining uh my name is paul um on the phone is uh my co-host matt i don't know matt are you gonna be able to do some video stuff there for us uh, i i i don't know how i to work this thing i'm okay. doing it through my phone so got it okay well if you could figure it out that'd be awesome um but thank you all for being here so um i don't really ever know how to officially start these things other than to say welcome you know thank you for joining um so i'm just going to kind of go up the list here right so first and foremost we have uh dean kirkwright who was in um blood hunt and also uh slaughterhouse killer um, then we have uh, Thomas Roach, who was also in Blood Hunt and Beaten to Death. And my God, Beaten to Death. Holy shit. We'll get into that. <laughs> Good God, was he beaten to death, for God's sake. And then from what I understand, uh, Ben and Ben, you're kind of co-writer, co-creator um, with Sam. And Sam, you're the you're the bow around all of this stuff. You're the director. You're the one who kind of makes it all happen. So um, thank you very much for being here. And might I say kudos for a job well done because your guys' work is just fucking awesome. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So um, there's no formal structure to this. I thought it would just be cool to have, you know, nice conversation, kind of a round table. I think the intent for me and Matt was to really talk with you guys and just express how awesome your guys' work is and, and maybe oh, just kind please. of start at the bottom, um, starting with uh, Blood Hunt. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the way that we fell into the Sam Curtin body of work was through the trailer for Beaten to Death um, with David Tracy, I believe is his name. Sorry if that escapes me for a second. And when I saw the trailer for it, I, I was immediately just kind of gravitated to it because of the nature of the violence, right? I think what happens, especially here on the American side, is that we don't really see a lot of like um uh, how do i want to say this the movies that we get aren't the the level of of um brutality kind of uh the revenge the blood the guts those things aren't usually shown on the main screen like those are usually the b horror the straight to streaming you know kind of cult following type movies whereas yours was being advertised as you know being released in the theaters and it had a limited run here in California, I think. I don't know about anywhere else. Um, but then, you know, I tried to go see it, but there was not a theater that was showing it anywhere. So I was a little upset. But then I immediately just started texting with David and we got to know each other a little bit. He was the one that recommended that I reach out to you and then kind of so on and so forth. Here we are. Um, so, I, I, you know, can you tell us a little bit about like what, if with blood hunt being kind of the first body of work that you put out in that scale. Where yeah. Where, where did it all come from? Like, what is your background? Where, where does it all come from? Yeah. So Benny Roach and I all went to school together. So we met in high school when we were in, well, well you guys met before then. Mm. Um, yeah. And we just all became friends through the movies. So like, I thought that I was a bit of a loser in school and, I think we all were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, I thought Benny and Roach were cool and they were into movies. So I like tried to be friends with them. And so <laughs> since then, like we wanted to make our own movies. So we started off doing shorts together and it, we did a number of shorts together. And then eventually we decided that it was time to step into giving a feature a crack. And so we came up with Blood Hunt, which was just like quite a simple revenge type story. Um, and through the casting, that's where we found Dean and we said, Thomas Roach, would you play the bad guy? And he said, yes. <laughs> and just on the casting, I will, I will elaborate on that. So I remember with the casting, so Sam got in touch with me, gave me the script to read. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. I read the script and he also sent me a little short video that he did a short film where it was actually Ben, Benny, who was the main actor in that one getting chased by a car. It was awesome. And I remember ringing him, all right, I'll play the part, you know, because I'm reading this script and the, the character's name is Dean. So I can just visualize my guy, you know, it's me playing the part. Sure. And I've rang Sam back and I'm like, right, yep, I'm doing it. When are we shooting? Sam was like, whoa, whoa, slow down, pal. You know, <laughs> you haven't got the part yet. And I was like, no, nah, I'm playing this role. This is it. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you don't understand. My name is Dean. We're good. <laughs> but just like, so. We don't forget that video. What Sam? What was the name of that video? That short film you sent me with Benny, starring Benny. Yeah, so we called Man versus Car, and we shot that around Broken Hill, which is where they did the second Mad Max. 
and it was it was supposed to actually be a feature but we sort of bit off more than we could chew mm. um roach moved up to help as well so we were all involved there and the gist of it was basically there were these cars that drive themselves a bit like christine and okay. they were kind of like this gang of murderous cars that killed the girlfriend of our lead and so he was then trying to seek revenge about the cars so nice. against the cars so it was a, just it ended up just this like six or seven minute just like really intense action scene of benny facing off against these two cars it was something that we we're really proud of and we would have loved to have finished the movie but we we're making it for no money and dealing with cars in the desert and it was just like the three of us it was and, and we had we we had the elements against us as well. I mean, mm. we um, think because Mad Max Fury Road were were I think intending to shoot there around the same time as we were doing it, um, and they had to move to Africa, somewhere. Like, Africa, like Namibia or something, because mm. um, in the space in around Silverton and, and Broken Hill, it's like a desert wasteland, right? Perfect for that kind of thing. But after like decades of drought, when we decided to go and shoot there, there were just like monsoonal rains. Yep. Shit. So you just bogged every time you tried to storm. do something. There was a dust storm. There was even like a plague yeah. of locusts. Yeah, it was, this it was, is true. It was, it was, true. It was biblical. So, <laughs> someone was telling us that we're not going to get this feature film done. So uh, we had to just pack it up and, and sort of call it quits after a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but if yeah. you guys, are, I can send it through to you guys if you can to say it. Because it like you can sort of, I think it's a, a good way to sort of see how our stuff's evolved too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we we love that stuff, and I think uh, you know, just kind of skipping ahead, we we see that right in in the way that we go from Blood Hunt to Slaughterhouse Killer to um, to Beaten to Death, and we can see kind of the evolution. I think Matt and I actually talked about that a little bit in watching um, in watching Beaten to Death because I, I think Matt called it out. You you just see this natural progression of um everything from special effects and writing and story development character development stuff like that so um yeah no we would love to see whatever you're willing to send over yeah yeah for sure definitely yeah. and like i say as well that um we obviously love like cars like we're, we're car guys we love our cars and so we love doing car action stuff and so mm -hmm. that's a real beginning of how that kicked off for us well yeah you flip the, one in blood hunt and that's not that's not usually something you see in a film that's made with i would imagine the kind of budget that you guys had to make that yeah so roach was actually the stunt driver in that he was yeah <laughs> which is really confusing because roach is the person chasing me but he's driving my car which flips <laughs> which is really confusing we we yeah. talked we talked about that a little bit i don't know if you guys have seen the movie maniac Oh, yeah, old the yeah, yeah, the old 70 or 80s version. Well, Tom Savini is in it. And so there's a scene where the maniac shoots Tom Savini in the face through the windshield. But the guy, the actor who's on the hood shooting the car is Tom Savini. So it's Tom Savini shooting himself in the face. Uh, there you go. So kind of a telltale <laughs> sign of great filmmakers who know how to repurpose actors in that way. So kudos to you guys. Yeah, yeah, especially a guy willing to make his own stunts and stuff like that. Yeah, we heard all about that. We bootlegged Tom Jane there. Thanks, Dean. But um, yeah, but it's just, um, it's just a reality of working on a movie where you've got like no resources. You just got to stretch. Yeah, hey, man. Like, you know, everyone plays multiple roles and does does you know uh, double duty on stuff. So you need, you know what I, I want to say this right now you're a very methodic actor you went from zero to 60 on 
two different films. I was amazed with your performance. Absolutely. I I agree. I agree. I think I think Thomas Thomas nailed that. Oh, nailed Blood Hunt, and oh. then come out and do this. You know, beaten to death was just because it's very hard to carry an entire film on your shoulders, and not many people can mm-hmm. do it well. And yeah, good work, Tom. Oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was certainly a, a lot of pressure going in because I knew that so much of you know beaten to death was going to be just me. Yeah. Well, it was crazy, dude. You go from like, oh man, I hate this guy, but then you go to beaten to death, and you're like, fuck, I love this guy. I feel bad. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. We keep trying to say, All right, get an agent. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dean, so that kind of brings me to my next point. Dean, you had some acting experience before you came to Blood Hunt, right? Yeah. Yep. That's okay. And, and then, yeah. and then Roach, you didn't right it sounds from what i understand you guys were just high school friends you're like hey let's put start making some shorts and you know let's write this movie how did you find like how did you feel about coming into doing something like this but like not just even from a beginner standpoint but like taking the lead what 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 was that like for you well it's weird because it sort of felt like a bit of a natural progression in a way because um just the way that it worked because i i did like drama in high school and stuff Mm. when we started making short films inevitably it was me put in front of the camera a lot of the time so it just like like just went from sort of playing like like half naked weirdos in the (laughs) short films (laughs) australian Um, uh, australian drama class is a lot different from american drama class (laughs) we we, we made one with roach um years ago called um roadkill and he played this like feral rat man sort of thing and what he'd do is he'd pick up dead animals and have sex with them and, and marry them yes okay <laughs> and benny was playing benny was playing the like council worker who goes and scoops them up and so they end up butting heads and uh yeah funny little uh, I, 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 i'm pretty sure that's the first time we had roach naked in one of our movies first of, uh, many. The first of many yes yeah. nice um so anyway, so we digress, but so because of that, you know, I was used to, you know, being in front of camera for Sam with, you know, with the group and then Blood Hunt came around and we're like, okay, well, you can play the villain in there, just, you know, ham it up through the scenery and, you know, uh, that was still, you know, a bit of, bit of pressure going in because you're not sure if it's going to work and like all of a sudden you're thrown in there with people who are actually actors as well right. and you've got to you know, um, rise, rise to the occasion. Um, but then by the time we got to, um, beaten to death, I was just, yeah, like it scared the shit out of me, but it was, I was just really keen to sort of, you know, give it a go. And, um, I was just, again, just sick of, um, Sam putting me in like these weird freak roles. I was like, just keen to play a, a sort of semi-normal person. So, <laughs> Without eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then of course he just covers me in shit and beats the shit out of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you I'll say something, Paul. Um, what really works with with um, you know, the production uh, is we're all sort of living with each other. So Sam has this wonderful idea, whereas he gets the major players that sort of you know stay with each other. So we all feel comfortable. So then when we're shooting, we all we're we're just mates shooting the film. 
So all those nerves of, you know, you know, sleeping and then waking up and going to a big movie set and working with these people, they're not there anymore because we just wake up together and go, all right, let's go shoot some movie. Right. And we go together and shoot some movie kind yeah. of thing. So it actually, all that pressure's gone. And that's why Sam's movies look so relaxed and, you know, there's, it's effortless, really. Yeah, we, we've had the luxury of interviewing a couple other um, directors and one specifically, he has um, a few titles under his belt and throughout all of his different projects, he maintains kind of a core cast, if you will. And it's indicative of other great filmmakers like Scorsese and Tarantino um, and now Curtin, where you yeah. have such a great relationship with a core group of people. And you get to know them and they get to know you. And, and it just, the relationship between everybody is seen on film. And you can see how well everybody kind of meshes with each other and just creates an even better final product. So we, I, I love it. I think it's great um, when, you can, when you can have that kind of uh, uh, elast, um, uh, connectivity with, with, with all of your staff like that. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And like... We obviously want to be able to move into bigger budgets and work on a bigger scale and everything. But um, even if there was that, that opportunity, like I would definitely want to be doing it with the with the core crew, you sure. know, just so we kept our little bubble amongst yeah. if there like a bigger machine behind it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, at least yeah, you know, the advantage is you you know these people, you've got a shorthand with them. You don't you're not having to try and you know, play catch up at the start of the production, you're already there. And, you know, there's a certain level of trust involved as well. So that's just, you know, that's invaluable to, you know. Nice. So, so Ben, let me ask you. Um, so, you know, you and Sam are kind of com coming up with the, the idea for uh, Blood Hunt. What, what level of input is that, is that movie for you? Like, I I'm curious uh, on the creative side, like what, what are your, what are the things that you kind of wanted to see come to life in that movie that, that came to fruition and, or maybe some things that maybe you wanted in there that didn't. Well, it, it's, it's tough to say, uh, because it was, God, it was so long ago, but there's always, there's a habit that Sam and I have when we're writing in that one of us will have some fucked up idea and the other one just has to go that little bit further and we just egg each other on until we find this, <laughs> nice little spot to work with um for the movie so like i don't know how many times that happened with blood hunt um but with some of the shit that we do in blood hunt i'm sure it happened several times uh in the writing process um i there was something about um what was uh with have you ever been fucked by a knife Turtle. That was pretty early. <laughs> classic <laughs> line. That old classic yeah, line. Yeah, that was really early. But there, there, in, in the case of Blood Hunt, we did actually pull back on a fair chunk of the dialogue. Like a lot, a fair bit of it was actually a lot more full on. And I think it's a better movie for it because it, we probably stepped into like a little bit distasteful, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I mean, it, not, not the Blood Hunt is a particularly tasteful movie, but. um. Yeah, there it was. It was I don't want to say not, not worse. Worse isn't isn't the word, but um, more gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unsettling. I call it unsettling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm a fan of unsettling for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> very Wolf Creek kind of vibes, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like Wolf Creek is sort of the big Australian slasher, I guess. And so anything that comes out after that sort of, you know, people draw that that connection. But um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's big on you guys as creators to to realize that stuff ahead of time because I think what happens is a lot of a lot of creators have these aspirations for things. We were just talking to another director who, you know, was kind of saying that he what he likes to do, he likes the psychological horror and that's because you can take the things and I'm paraphrasing, you can take the things that we, you know, the quiet thoughts in our head that we're not supposed to say out loud and you can bring those things to life in a film because that's the place to to do it and i think some people intentionally go balls out and they want to do it as gruesome and as gory and as unsettling as possible just for the sake of being able to do it but not realizing that it might turn off a lot of people or dissuade a lot of people from you know being attracted to their their project in the first place for you guys to be able to see that and say, Hey, maybe this is a little bit too excessive and let's make some changes, but still kind of keep it the way that we want it. Um, I think is, is good on you guys as, as creators there. And for yeah. those of you who don't know what Benny, what, for what for the listeners out there that have no visual of what Benny's talking about when someone says you want to be fucked by a knife, it's actually in this scene right here <laughs> behind me where he says, <laughs> fucked by a knife. And this is the moment right here, right? As Dean yeah. points to the poster that Sam doesn't like. I got it. I see what you did there, <laughs> Dean. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unofficial so, bootleg poster. <laughs> I, it's, you know what? I saw it and I instantly fell in love with it. I asked him if he could send me a copy before you guys yeah. got on. <laughs> Sam's favorite poster. He loves it. Yeah, I do. But while we're there, Dean, why don't we give a little shout out to Carly and Ben Den? Yeah. Carly Williams. 100%. Yeah, she's been real friendly with us on on Instagram as well. She, you know, when we when we went to phase one of the Sam Curtin review and we did the blood hunt stuff and we we started pushing out some promos on Instagram for it. You know, I was tagging as many people as I could that were associated with the project, and um, she was one of them. And she was happy to repost our stuff, and she just had nothing but good things to say about Dean and and the whole crew and the whole experience. So that's awesome of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool as well when that stuff was coming out because Blood Hunt, like we actually started shooting it in 2012. So like that's you know almost 12 years ago now. Um and for you guys to be like doing the tags and, and putting it out there again, it was just it felt like a cool little kind of like the little crew was back together, like yeah. liking and sharing that's and commenting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay, so Blood Hut comes together. Like, where do you guys find the funding for this stuff? Because I'm sure it's not cheap to flip a car. So, like, you know. It's right. So, yeah, we can say budgets, can't we, Benny? No one cares. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. Our movie's for around 20000 Australian. So that's like 13 US, 13, 14 US. All right. That ain't bad. Yeah, ain't so bad. Like, it's just... um like it, it's it's just self-funded and so as far as how expensive is it to flip a car well my dad's a welder so he put in the roll cage he put in the cage he put in the harness and so all that was free and we had like a 500 hundred dollar car so how there much you go about 500 bucks <laughs> yeah. how cheap yeah. <laughs> nice so the did blood hunt get a theatrical release like um like beating the death did 
No, I didn't. So that did that was uh, streaming and video on demand and okay. uh, DVD Blu-ray. And we actually had a really cool German release where mm. they did four different covers, and it was called a um what is it, Benny? Media book. Media. They called them media boxes, I think, media or media books. Yeah. I think it's media book, and so it's the DVD, the Blu-ray. It's like custom cover, and it's also got like a little booklet inside as well. Yeah. So gotcha. like they really and just beautiful artwork too. Yeah. That's really, that's awesome. really well put. Yeah, um, and the booklet's built into the case itself, um, and it has like a little, uh, some uh, little little like a little article on the the subgenre itself, uh, which is just cool to see what they were doing with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can do something similar. The beaten to death because we signed with the same uh, company in Germany oh, that's for cool. uh, for the beaten to death release as well recently. Yeah, well, yeah, Benny, I keep thinking I, we should see what they're up to. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> when we when well, we right. when it's we did our time, <laughs> when we did our blood uh, when we did our beaten to death review with Dean, he was you know very um, concerned for us in regards to like which copy of you know movies we were actually watching because he was he was letting us know that there were different versions of uh, the movie surfacing around out there and i think with blood hunt specifically i think the differentiator was that the inverse scene where where dean is um i forget the other guy's name but um dean is uh stabbing Stabbing? the dude uh yeah in the dick with a knife and that's been then made yeah that's what it is thank you sorry ben Heath, correct. So, so we we saw that part. Like you don't see the knife penetrating, but like you see all of it happening. And I think that was kind of the differentiator, right? If we didn't see that, then that's not the right version, or something like that. If you'd seen the censored version, you'd know it. They cut cut it to pieces. Like it's just uh, um, it's like twelve minutes removed from it. And it's really annoying Holy because shit. a lot of the pirated versions out there um, are the German censored version, even though they have the English audio. Um, so every now and again, I read a review uh, saying, this is so tame, we saw nothing at all. Like, God, oh, you watched the wrong version. <laughs> <laughs> they don't That's have a, a problem with pirates. They just don't pirate the wrong version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then going back to the release of Blood Hunt as well, like we actually did have a few screenings uh, around Australia, which was a good excuse for us all to catch up. Um, so, yeah, we all we all uh, caught up in Sydney. Where was it? There was another one. There's a few in Tassie. Sydney, um, Melbourne. Did we do it in Melbourne? Yeah. Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was a good excuse to catch up. Nice. Mm. But, um, Paul, just to go back and give you a bit of an idea of sort of the scale of what we do, like I said, we make our movies for around 20,000. Um, and, like, with Blood Hunt, it was being our first movie. We were just grateful to get any kind of distribution deal. And, like, we were so excited when when there was interest um and then sort of the same happened with slaughterhouse but then by the time we got to beaten to death and we have we got on board with a really cool distributor called welcome villain and when they were talking theatrical release like just a, like selected theaters so it wasn't like a, a wide release or anything we were like holy shit and at first we were thinking like oh well we'll see if it actually yeah, happened we don't believe it. Yeah. yeah but you know it did and so that's basically been our dream from the start hasn't it fellas like a a theatrical release in the u.s like we've made it yeah yeah 100 (laughs) percent. that's cool because 
I don't know. I'm starting to learn a little bit about the industry and I, I, maybe this is just my premature point of view, but I feel like distribution is where movies go to die, right? If you don't have a distribution uh, plan or somebody to help you get all that stuff out, then like it's all for nothing because no one's going to see it unless you publish it yourself. And even then it's hard, you know, from a marketing perspective and things like that to get all of that stuff out on your own. So it's good to hear that, you know, someone picked it up and wanted to present it. Yeah, yeah, because like it's Benny and I are on like a number of um like I guess uh, low budget filmmaker slash distribution type groups and like, yeah. one's kind of in the same boat where before it was harder to make a movie, um but there was sort of more money less movies made so more money floating around for deals and all that sort of thing. Whereas now because it's so easy to make a movie and there's so much more competition whether it's social media, YouTube, yeah. everything on Netflix, TikTok, whatever. It's so much harder to cut through the noise and you know, make budgets back. So with for us, with our small $20,000 budgets, we've been able to make those back and that's about it. But we've kind of thought, well, what if we did spend, you know, half a million bucks on a movie? Obviously, the quality would would go up because you'd have a few more bells and whistles, but how much harder is it to break even? Like what's kind of the the sweet spot to get your money back versus higher production values. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a struggle for sure. Okay. So some, some relatively good success with blood hunt, right? You, you guys wrap that up, you get through some COVID woes. I know there there were some production problems with COVID and the whole nine, you get a final product out. You got some distribution going in Germany, especially what is the transition like to slaughterhouse killer? Do you want to go Benny? Uh, yeah, so a Slaughterhouse Killer, um, I remember like there was a, a quite a few years between us um, going from finishing up with Blood Hunt to Slaughterhouse. And I remember we were, it was, we were driving along the river and Sam just says to me, I want to, I want to make a movie. I want it to be called Slaughterhouse. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> and then we spent the next 10 minutes just talking about what that could be. And by the end of it, I was like, all right, let's let's write it. Let's 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 do some, whatever this slaughterhouse idea is. Forgetting one thing though, I knew we had yeah. access to what's that? I knew that we had access to an abattoir. You did? Yeah. Which one? The one we shot it. The one we shot it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that came after the fact. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Cool. Um. But we we spent. Uh, I remember I flew down because Sam and I live in different states now. Um, I flew down and we spent uh, a week. Was it a week? Two weeks? Um, yeah, it was a week doing the first draft. I think. Yeah, a week just just nutting out the first draft, getting that done. Um, and it was a it was a really cool experience just doing that and getting back in the habit because like me and Sam lived together. Like we used to live together, and that was always the best way for us to write our scripts and do everything and. Uh, in person, you get to like be acted out to one another, and it's always a lot of fun uh, with that process. Um, and then you know we we were happy with the first draft. We're like, okay, I guess I guess this is going to happen. Yeah, and we were just super keen to get back into it again because it had been a couple of years at least. We we're just like, we need to make a movie. Let's make a movie. So we came up with just again like quite a simple concept um, and just sort of ran with it. Well, I'm glad you did because it came out great. 
I love that. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and can, can I bring up, can I bring up something? Location? Location. Uh, was there familiar location? Because I, I have to say it right now. I, I love Blood Hunt. I, I, and I, I loved um, the the latest one. I'm sorry, the, the name eluding me. Oh, Beaten to Death. Uh, Slaughterhouse Killer shared some of the same locations. Mm-hmm. Did it not? Correct. Yeah, and so they look very familiar. So I had to. I had to bring that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly right. So beat to death is kind of like our greatest hits of locations. <laughs> so um, because you know we got no money, so we've got to shoot in real locations. Um, me, Benny, and Roach are all born and bred in Tassie, and that's where our families are from, Tasmania, Australia. No, I got it. And that's okay. yeah. <laughs> Like we we naturally gravitate towards these kind of like rough and tumble rural areas, and so as far as getting locations go, it was a matter of like talking to my mom and and her family. And so the farm it was owned by her cousin, and he's always so good, just letting us go out and fuck around and <laughs> just come and go. Yeah, and then like hitting up friends and even like random phone calls just to like landowners and everyone's always just been really supportive of letting us shoot there so it's been awesome and so much of just like the look of your movie and getting your cinematography right is picking location all right yeah because uh, me and my boy here we were watching them and i was like i couldn't happen to notice but there, there there's a you know a tractor stuff like that made kind of a reoccurring theme like mm-hmm, you know yeah. like the uh the background and stuff like that i was like this has got to be the same place <laughs> yeah so um dave tracy ned um in beaten to death his house is the same as Box's house okay shot it from the other side and then um the farm where they go to do the or where they meet ricky that was where all of the blood hunt stuff went down that was nux I've got a good one, Sam. The car that Rochi flipped mm-hmm. is also the car that I had the fight scene in with uh, Eli and they spray painted the car black. Is that right? No. Oh, close. So because we shot you guys as if it had already flipped, that was the car. So we just pulled that one over and shot the scene and that and then we spray painted it and you fought Eli in it, but then the one that Roach eventually rolled was a different one. Mm. Yeah. Flip two. But you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there you go. Now, I already know the answer I, to this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I was going to say, I absolutely loved, I mean, I loved this whole series, but I loved Slaughterhouse Massacre on a very different level. Slaughterhouse Killer? Yeah. Actually, yeah, you know, I love all your films, but yeah, I'm going to agree with Matt. That was my favorite. And here's why. Wow. Here, here's why. I think it's because of, and this is no disrespect to anybody in the room or anybody that's worked on your projects, but Craig as box <laughs> just fucking does it for me, dude. I fell in love with that. Oh, guy. you mean it wasn't Ty? It wasn't bootleg Thomas Jane getting it. I oh, mean, right. it's I a close second. He's a close second. I'm sorry, Dean. No. I'm sorry, Dean. You're still bootleg Thomas Jane. I love you, man. I was the casting director on Slaughterhouse Killer, so I'll take that. All right. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I was going to ask how we even got Craig involved in the first place. So tell us a little bit about that, Dean. 
Uh, well, you know, I cast a lot of the film, but Sam was the one who found Craig and um, he actually put a bunch of people in front of me and I went, yes, kind of no. We had our eyes on Andy McPhee, didn't we, at one point, who's who's a pretty big name here in Australia. Um, but yeah, Craig Craig was more Sam's, was more Sam's thumbs up. He, Sam really wanted Craig and, and said, he's the, he's the look we're going for. And I guess when, when the boss says, let's go with a certain character, you gotta, you gotta sort of agree. Well, I'm not mad at it. Cause it was a great fucking choice. He kills it in that movie. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Plays, he plays Santa Claus too, by the way. I know. He does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, we started following each other on Instagram and um, I remember you told me that story, but then he actually started posting pictures of that stuff. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Do the people who hire him to play Santa know like his body of work and what he's done in the past? Because I highly mean, doubt. <laughs> he's also, he also is a, like a clown as well, like a children's oh, clown. Um, yeah, he does like magic and balloon animals stuff, doesn't he, Ben? Yep. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's a he's an all round entertainer. That's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, his monologues, his monologues had me going, man. Like, hey, the the sit downs where you sit here and listen to him talk and stuff like that. God damn. Mm. He, Matt, he, Matt, 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 can I ask you a question? Yes, Do you sure. recognize Benny? Do you recognize Benny from the movie? Benny's Benny, one in glasses. Benny. The one in glasses. Benny's, Benny's one of the characters in many of the, in all the movies. I, I do not. And that was one of the things I was going to bring up. So Benny plays my friend, my, uh-huh. my one of my close friends in Slaughterhouse. The yeah. other guy with the pig dick. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Absolutely. Pig dick. The pig Still dick. Pig dick. Pig dick. Classic. Yeah. Slaughterhouse. Yeah. Slaughterhouse was great. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I like, um, tension and we were at a review with, um, uh, William Lustig, who's the, the director of maniac. We did a, we sat in on a Q and a with him and he said the same thing, right? Like we, they asked, what is the best tool for building tension? And his answer or his response was quiet, you know, silence. And that scene where box is talking to the hooker. Like there's dialogue there, but it's, it's done in such a way where there's a level of quiet there that really builds the tension. And I think for me, that's a good transitional scene because there's a part of me that feels bad for box kind of leading up to that. But then when you see his kind of true perversion, I guess, if if that's what you want to call it, then it goes from like, oh, this guy's like not somebody I feel bad for anymore. He's now somebody that like I kind of I feel a little bit grotesque uh, in watching this guy and, and kind of finishing the film out. So that's, yeah. I think, more kudos. I mean, obviously to Craig for delivering that performance, but for you guys for writing it and directing it in that way that allows us to feel it that way. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's I'll just touch on Craig. Oh, sorry, you guys, Sam. Well, I was just going to give a quick little shout out to Benny and um, as a writer. So Benny writes the best monologues. Like that is that is, that is Benny's secret weapon. And um, so through the writing process, like I'll do a bit, he'll do a little bit. And Benny will go off and that, well, the piss scene as we called it, 
Like, that just came straight out of Benny's mind. It was a diff. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we did this thing where we'll write together, but then if any of us wants to just take over, we'll just go, I'm just going to jazz for a little bit, and the other one just steps aside and you, 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 nut, you nut, nut that out. Um, but that the piss scene is my favourite scene in the movie um, because it's it, like the, the, the production of Slaughterhouse Killer was actually it was a very troubled production. Um, but that scene is exactly how I perceived it as I was writing. Like page to screen, it was the perfect rendition. I remember we were putting up, we were talking to Luke about uh, lighting the scene, Curdo, and we, we were talking about the fairy lights. Fairy lights. <laughs> and Luke, our cinematographer, he was like, what are you guys talking about? I was like, nah, trust us, man. We need fairy lights on the wall. So he begrudgingly put them up, and uh, I reckon that works a treat. Uh, yeah, I, I love that scene. I love that scene. Absolutely, dude. Like, like, okay, me, me, personally, like, I, I like to write film myself. Like, it's, it's been an ambition of mine. It just hasn't gone anywhere. But, dude, like, it, it takes a lot to make a scene work out the way that you really wanted it to without other people's, you know, input on how it should go and versus how you visualized it and. I think you did a great job there. Well, that's interesting that you say that. So with Slaughterhouse, that's, as Benny said, a troubled production. It wasn't so much that the production was troubled. It's just we were having to get through everything so quickly. And so we we love Slaughterhouse when we're happy with Slaughterhouse, but there are quite a lot of things in that movie where we feel like we could have done it a little bit differently. You know, it's like, hindsight right um whereas when it came to doing beaten to death like that movie is basically 99 percent what our vision was um so for us and a, a lot of people have said about the growth between our movies leading to beaten to death and so for us that was kind of the first time that we and i'll speak for both of us benny i think that that's when we were like we can now have a vision and know how to execute it yeah Yep, exactly. I think yep. I think the tr the tricky part with Slaughterhouse and Bloodhunt is that you were dealing with actors from other states. So with Slaughterhouse, you had Craig who's from Sydney, I think, or Queensland. He's from Queensland, Queensland isn't he? Yeah. James Mason, who was flown in from Melbourne, myself from Melbourne. So there's people sort of from, and there's a couple of other actors from somewhere else. I can't. Uh, yeah, you had the the, uh, the she's from Melbourne. So when you're dealing with a short time frame. You got all these people coming from all over the place. You got to get it done. You can't like it's like the sun. When the sun goes down, it's time's up. So whereas with beaten to death, were you all sort of Tasmanian based? Yeah, yeah. No, the only one was um Dave Tracy that we brought down, and yeah. I think we did his stuff in like four days, wasn't four it? Four days, yeah. 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 So yeah. while Dave was down, like that was just the priority number one. Get through Dave's stuff, but then um with Roach just living down the road and. Yeah, and shout out to our makeup artist Danica, who's actually my partner. So we live together. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and and Libby, um, our other producer, we all live close to one another. So instead of having to organise 10, 15, 20 people to go for you know reshoot or like with this the, the sun scene, the, the the sunrise scene, it's only like three or four people you've got to organise, and we all live just within them and, and going on that matt matt you absolutely loved the makeup in beaten to death didn't you i absolutely did absolutely yeah 
You know, yeah, uh, especially I, I, I might say uh, I don't I, I don't recall the actor's name. The dude with the mullet. In uh, being a death. Oh, the first no, guy. No, no, the first no. What's his name? Uh, uh, T. Uh, what's his name? Um, the yeah, actor. The, the opening scene. The opening monologue. Oh no, no, James Mason. James Mason, the mullet. Yeah, yeah. slaughterhouse massacre. Yeah, slaughterhouse killer. <laughs> I'm sorry, Slaughterhouse. Yeah, Slaughterhouse. <laughs> I got. I, sorry, I got the title wrong. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I, he was rocking the mullet, man. <laughs> Whoa, shit. Matt is a fan of mullets for sure. Well, yes, yeah, so, absolutely, man. So yeah, James Mason had like a little mullety thing, but um, Roach playing Nuck in Blood Hunt, he had the rat's tail like thin down the back. Yeah, we were trying to figure that haircut out. Yeah, we're like Mohawk. I think what we chalked it up to was that um, Nuck is the type of guy who would cut his own hair, and so that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. <laughs> Just be like taxi driver in the like fuck yeah. the barber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so slaughterhouse is all wrapped up. I would imagine a little bit more of a budget than with Blood Hunt, maybe. Not less, actually. Oh wow, that's awesome. A lot more heart. That's that's for sure. Budget, a lot more heart into it. It seemed like. So, what does distribution look like for Slaughterhouse compared to Blood Hunt? It was a harder sell. Yeah, it was also. No, you got Kato. Well, yeah, so I'll just go through what we got, Benny, then you can go into the detail. Yeah. Um, so we still got like some some small like some little deals. Um like we still sold like we had US DVD, um and then we got streaming in other countries, but we didn't get like that big physical release like we did for Beaten to Death. Um and the thing about Beaten to Death was uh sorry what we got for Blood Hunt. The thing about Blood Hunt was that it was a very sort of simple story, easy to understand, a lot of action. Um, and so I think that that's an easier sell. Whereas in the case of Slaughterhouse Killer, Benjamin. Um, not really sure where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different type of movie where it's a lot of people talking and wasn't. Slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think Matt and I talked about that at the end of um when we when we wrapped the whole you know I won't it's not a trilogy but I'll just I'll refer to that because it's easy when we finished watching all three movies we we kind of said the same thing which was you know Slaughterhouse it stands alone because it's different from the high paced action that Blood Hunt is and Beaten to Death where both of those movies just go zero to sixty you know right mm -hmm. off the bat and with Slaughterhouse. It's more character Shit, being development. Being the death goes like sixty right away. <laughs> yeah, and with credits, straight up beating the death. Yeah, yeah. Where slaughterhouse yeah. is a little bit more developed, or to use your guys' term, absolutely term, the slower burn. So, and yeah, I'm a that. fan of the slow burners for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah. so let me ask you this then: is that is that demotivating for you coming off of you know? Hey, we had some relatively good success with Blood Hunt. 
Then we push out this other thing where we're getting great, you know, lighting, cinematography. We've got some good dialogue in there. Storytelling. Yeah, hundred percent. And you, you, I would imagine you feel better about it, you know, this being your sophomore project and then you don't get the same distribution. So, so where does that leave you? Where does that leave your mindset? Okay. So here's what happened. We did Slaughterhouse and then as that was finishing up, there was actually another movie that we started working on, which I think Dean talked to you guys about in your conversation. And that one, unfortunately, sort of fell apart pretty quickly. Um, And so after that, COVID happened and we were also like, okay, we've had these we had that loss of that movie that didn't happen. Slaughterhouse didn't quite go as well as we had of hoped. And so we felt like we needed to kind of, we had some to prove again. Mm. And so, yeah, that's sort of what kicked off beaten to death and why we just, we honed in on the things that we do well and we just played to our strengths. Interesting. So, so I'll yeah. just I'll just throw in there. So basically, Sam had a bit of a like Back to the Future moment when you know when they cast um, Eric Schultz to play Marty McFly. <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't yeah. working. Some, something wasn't working. I'm not just talking about cast like ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole the production wasn't working. And I actually remember the the conversation. Sam took us for a coffee, and he said, "I've got to pull the pin on this production. It's just you know, and it's costing money, and it was hard for all of us." And then COVID came along. So it was a real kick in the guts uh, to to Benny as well, and to Roach, and to 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 Sam, and to me, and to to you know, because I was actually playing one of the leading characters in that film, and it, it was a real kick in the guts because um, yeah, we had cool. met. Yeah, it was. It was. We much had met more. many times. We had met many times to talk about the script and the storyline and how we were going to do it, and it was a lot of work that went into just to that moment. But it was good from Sam to pull the pin because if it's not working, there's no point. Stop while you're ahead. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, with so many people involved, time, resources, money, stuff like that, it's smart on you to be able to recognize that there needs to be a change. Whereas some people, I think, would just power through and then, you know, live with a dissatisfied product and maybe a little bit discouraged from wanting to do something else. So, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag trauma movies. Ah, trauma keeps on trucking, man. <laughs> Okay. Part of it as well, I find, was that um, with like going through that that path from the movies, we the size of our productions kept growing as well. Like our blood hunt was largely focused uh, around the one farming area, um, with a few scenes scattered here and there. Um, Slaughterhouse, the um, the locate number of locations they grew in size, um, and then. Uh, one thing that happened with Slaughterhouse as well was that we, I wasn't actually originally meant to be a producer on Slaughterhouse. Uh, there was another person that was attached before in pre-production and a couple of weeks before we were meant to start filming, they pulled the pin and said, the movie can't be done. Like, there's no way that we can make this movie. And that made me so fucking angry mm. that someone said that you can't do this. Mm. Uh, I, I got on the phone to Sam. I said, we're making this fucking movie no matter what it takes because the minute you stop making a movie, that's the minute that it's never going to be made. Right. And I was like, no, we're not having a, a failed production here. We're making Slaughterhouse. 
And so even though that it did have lots of issues, like I remember one day I was we were filming a scene in the morning and I was on the phone still trying to find a location for the afternoon. Um, and then when we got to uh, Kill Em Once, which is this movie we're talking about here, that grew in scale again, it had more cast, more locations. Um, and then when that fell through, going into yeah. more money, uh, when that fell through and we were looking at getting to beaten to death, that was like, okay, we need to use the tiniest crew. Like we need to just really um, scale that down yeah. a lot. So bare essentials. Cast, we need to scale that right down as well. Here Location, <laughs> yeah. The locations, we're just going to pick the best locations that we've had that are all in the same general area and focus all on that. So we went into writing Beaten to Death with all of that in mind. And that really, working in those restraints really helped both the writing and the production of the movie. Also with this one too, this was the first of our movies that I shot and Benny even did the sound. So oh, that's sure. again, that's scaled right, right down. Yeah, scaled right. At most um, on days there would be, um, what seven seven people? Yeah, Roach, Libby, Dan. Minimum of Don't. five. Minimum of five. Maximum of six. For <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah. No, everyone. It just goes to show you that you don't need a big, huge, hundred, two hundred people production to make a film. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally felt that while watching that 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 film. Because I, I I can break it down to its bare bones and literally like it, it just it, it kind of made all the work itself within the the uh, the photography the um, the visualizations the monologues everything kind of uh, for me made it a different movie altogether I, I thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it did you did you enjoy when Benny licked uh, the main character on the on the on the face. In, absolutely in, in <laughs> absolutely i'll tell you something benny actually that wasn't in the script he just sort of ad-libbed that didn't benny yeah sometimes know, those are I the best I, scenes. I, I, did, I was like i'm gonna i'm gonna lick him in this next take uh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll remember that okay hey, so edit to the final product there yeah, you go. Best I always remember that little TV that, that Dean had in his little apartment and shit too. His little flat. Well, there was nothing actually playing. There was nothing playing on the television, so we've green screened that television, didn't we? <laughs> oh, really? No shit. Yeah. The best, cool. the best little ad lib that Benny did, though. <laughs> like, it's really hard to actually hear what he what he's saying, but um, it's when Benny's talking to Nathan and he sort of mumbles his words under a cigarette. And he's like, rah, 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 rah. And what do you what do you just say, Benny? Said something like, uh, "Yeah, nice dress, tits are out. Sister was looking real good for a fawn." <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then that goes back into later when uh, Box yeah, gets rid of me and says, "Ah, Damo, go fuck your sister again." Ah, yes, 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 man. <laughs> So good. Oh, there's all, all these little callbacks, you know. Yeah, I, I, I still maintain that Benny's the standout performance in Slaughterhouse. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and rewatch it tonight. I know we're going back and forth. Yeah, back yeah. And forth but in that in that Kill 'Em Once movie, Roach was actually going to be playing a heroin addict, and he'd already been working yeah, on that, that, that. That was that was heartbreaking for me because we we ended up having to pull the pin on production 
like the day okay. that we were supposed to shoot my scene. Uh, <laughs> like, can we can uh, we pull it tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need this. Put me in coach. <laughs> to go back to like, to what you were saying, uh, Ben, I think um, you guys really found your niche in the small production um, projects. I saw Sam over there counting on all his fingers and toes um, with the number of people in uh, beaten to death. And I think the most populous scene was probably the, the cafe where um, yeah, yeah they, they had the, the, I think there was a song in there or something. And that was probably the scene with the most amount of people in it. Um, but I, I, it's more intimate in that way. And when you already have a relationship with some of the actors, then, like I said earlier, you just see all of that spilling out on the film, and it just makes for such a better movie. Mm. Yeah, I think as well with um, Beaten to Death, even though it was such a small scale production for us, I don't think the movie feels small. You know, like it's not just two characters in a room type movie where that does feel small. Like ours still has this epic scope, yeah. despite just it being you and a very small cast. I think it's kind of like... um castaway with tom hanks where like a majority of that movie is just him right yeah, and a majority yeah. of beaten to death is just a couple people you know it might be different people but it's usually two or three people per scene and it's it's it works because of the content because of what's happening in the story right i i don't need there i don't i'm not going to sit there and point out the fact that there's only two people in this scene or in these these last 20 minutes that i've watched this movie there's only been two people in it because that's what the story is. It's this guy, you know, who's off or somewhere where he's not supposed to be and dealing with somebody he shouldn't be dealing with. And, and so you frame it up for it to work perfectly and seamlessly where I don't even notice it. Same thing with be, uh, Blood Hunt. And that's mm -hmm. what I love about both these movies. Uh, I mean, all of them, in, if I'm being honest, but, you know, the first and the last in particular, because these are both very real world scenarios that any regular person can find themselves in and it's scary to see how it might end up that's why yeah. i said true crime it felt like true crime yeah true crime and, and another thing that drives these films is the, is the score the music really keeps these both those films you're talking about oh yeah, yeah. absolutely from blood hunt on like the the score really sold me really made me feel feel the scenery and I always think that that's always an important part of films. If they have a score, sometimes they're not meant for a score. But I'd say the music on all three of these movies. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't remember Slaughterhouse uh, having so much of a score as much as Blood Hunt and Beaten to Death, but I loved them both as far as the score goes, for sure. Yeah, I guess um, Slaughterhouse was a little bit different because a lot of it was um, probably pretty atmospheric. And so, whereas mm. the other two had like the big score that probably is more memorable. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked me right in. Sucked me right in. Uh, in fact, you know, me and this guy, we had woke up from a long night and we're watching beaten to death. <laughs> right, Paul? From the yeah. beginning of the day, we started out. Already, the guy's getting his ass beat to a pulp, and we're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, and if the movie starts this way, I'd hate to see how the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> right? well, I already, I already 
I told you guys what I did. I watched the movie, and the first thing I did is I actually rang Thomas Roach. I'm like, and Thomas, you can vouch for this, right? I rang you, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, we had a, we had a good like, Are you okay, brother? Like, yeah, is everything okay? <laughs> As he's coming out of his therapy <laughs> session. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, I can remember with um, with the title of the movie. So I'd I'd come up with, like, the, the, the premise, and Benny and I were talking about, like, what to call it. And we wanted something to be, like, really hard-hitting. So kind of like how um, – and, and something that really, like, describes the movie so you think about the movie speed and the title basically is and so we were like having ideas back and forth and we're like thinking hit punch beaten beaten to death yeah and so then you got to go on imdb has there been a movie called beaten to death recently no we're in the clear and <laughs> so then once we had this movie called beaten to death we're like well what is it better live, <laughs> what is it? but also better live up to its title and so that's how we yeah. came up with all right, from the very start. Yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to you because it lived up to its title very much so. In the first 30 seconds, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but once we had like, that title as well, it gave us like a, a reputation that we enforced on ourselves. With the previous two movies, it was very conscious in the process of writing it and making the movies of what is the... Um, Right. Not what is the commercial thing to do, but what is the right way to go about this, or what is the expected way to go about this? Whereas with Beaten to Death, it, what was that? Well, like, what will the audience think here? Exactly, exactly. That was always on our minds. Whereas Beaten to Death, it was kind of an attitude that we had where it was like, this is a movie for us. And I think one of the the big sins that um, movies make these days is that. They're really trying to make a movie for everybody mm -hmm. um, and then just coming out with something that doesn't really have a lot of character. Beaten to death, it was very much, we are making a very direct movie of exactly what we want to be doing. Um, and we knew going into it, it wasn't going to be a commercially focused movie. But we were like, how is this going to be marketed? And as soon as we started thinking like that, it was like, it doesn't matter. Shut the fuck up it's beaten to death. And that's just how we kept the ball well, rolling yeah. on it. It was never like, oh, you gotta, how do we how do we set up? Like, we don't have a 20 minute at start set up of them going out in the bush. It doesn't matter. It's fucking beaten to death. Uh, and I think that really helped. You gotta give a shout out to um, to Justin, who, who who set the bar so high, he opened that film. What, what's his name? Justin, Wagner. the actor. Justin yeah. Unbelievable. He set the tone. He was the guy who did the monologue at the start of the film. Unbelievable performance. Oh, would you believe he learned that monologue the night before? Yep, yep. I'll really? Shit. Damn. That's crazy. So, that was another one of Benny's brilliant monologues, and I was just like, how the fuck did you write this? But, um, Kudos to you, Benny. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, with Justin, um, so he's someone else. I went to primary grade school with him. That's how I know him. Um, so... Justin is, he's done a lot of theatre and he's actually a high school teacher as well and teaches drama. And his process for the movie was he didn't want to read the whole entire script. He just wanted to read his pages and not have context of everything else, right? But the problem was the day before Justin had to do his monologue, I was driving him home and I was like, so how are you feeling about the monologue? And he's like, what monologue? <laughs> 
<laughs> Off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, shit. And so he had one night to learn it. And being the, the, the theater king that he is, he just learned the entire thing in one night. Nice. And then just knocked it out nice. of the fucking park. Nice. Well, speaking of knocking it out of the park, um, Sam, you mentioned um, kind of coming into uh, Beaten to Death that this was the first time that you shot the movie. And there's one scene in particular, like all of it is beautifully shot. They all are, but you see this natural progression. And to me, Beaten to Death does stand out a little bit because you have that sunrise scene. You have these great um, drone shots, right? They give you like, just kind of make you feel so small in such a large you know, amount of space. But there's one scene in particular that I was a, a, a very big fan of, and that is when uh, Roach has got the blindfold on and he's holding the rifle and he's just kind of shooting at whatever he thinks is coming in the middle of the woods. But it almost seems like as he's turning one way, the camera is turning the other. And I'd love to know two parts number one where did you get the idea for something like that and then two like what what was it what was it like to pull it off yeah so when i was coming to do that scene there were i you know you could have done it where you just like a lot of cutaways like roach's face pull the trigger bang over there bang over there trigger again and i thought is there a way that i could do it one quicker and two cooler and so I just came up with that I with with doing that spin, and I think that that was a really effective way to tell sort of the story of that scene because he's completely disorientated, and so then the audience is as well. And then I kind of it reminded me a little bit of of the uh, camera work in The Revenant once we've okay. done it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that is like quite long shots that um, you know sweep up and down and close into characters. So yeah, it's sort of. That's where it came from. That's great inspiration. That movie's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you pulled it off excellent. Yeah, uh, very well. So yeah, kudos to you for doing that. So you guys are yeah, done. That, that, that shot as well was actually it was handy that we had such a small cast and crew. Um, because because it was a 360 degree view of it, um, the crew that we had standing aside had to duck behind bushes or trees <laughs> or lie on the ground. Um, and you know, if we had the the crew that we'd been working like uh, of the scale that we've been working with in the past uh it would have been a lot more annoying to handle so i think that was worked out really well well the first thing that whose came... idea was it to have the dog whose idea was it to have the dog because that was a beautiful touch yeah it really was because no, no, anyone who's got a dog you you just when soon as that dog comes up to to roach's character yeah, at the end, you're just like, oh, it's <laughs> <you> right here. <laughs> Dude, it's dog. Yeah. Traitor. Yeah. And so with that dog, it's actually... Yeah, so the family that owns one of the farms, um, uh, the, the son, I guess, um, uh, is, a, is a close friend of mine, and he's got that dog, and it's a very smart dog. And I was like, hey, Damo, do you reckon you could like put your dog in this and train it to bark on cue. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so sure enough, he did it. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> a very good girl. Yeah. So how stoked are you when you put this out and then you get theater distribution, right? Cause this is the first one that's going to get a, the a theatrical release. 
How does that even happen? Mm. Well, so I was going to say this before when um, Benny was talking about how the movie came about and kind of our attitude towards like, this is our movie, take it or leave it. We also sort of thought like, this could be it. Like this could be the last movie we make. Like it might be our last hurrah um, because we're not sure we've got the energy to do something low budget again. Um, and, you know, we don't know how the movie's going to come out. So um, it'll be received. So we had this attitude. It, it might be our last movie. So let's just go for it. But then as we were doing it, it was, it's kind of, kind of coming out better than we thought it would <laughs> yeah like we'd see we'd see still like uh Kurdo would get all his computer that night and then just send through a, a couple of stills from the day and we'd be like oh shit that looks really good <laughs> yeah. yeah and so then i guess our ex our expectations for the movie then sort of started to rise as things were coming together mm. maybe that's a better way to put it things were coming together yeah. Yeah. As, as well as we could have hoped and so everything down because Again, like we're not amateurs, but we're not exactly professionals, right? Um, so me doing the cinematography was a risk. Benny doing the sound was a risk. Tom is incredible a risk. He's been incre <laughs> as incredibly is. There was a lot riding on his performance. Um the makeup with with Dan. So it was the first movie that she'd done the makeup for, and she learned how to do it in a few months. So again, that was a risk and she pulled it off perfectly. Yeah, that's good. Um, so then, yeah, our ex, uh, we, as all that was coming together, we were like, okay, maybe we've got something here. And so we were gearing up to do like the festival thing. And then these guys called Welcome Villain reached out to us. And we hadn't heard of them before because they were just getting started um, last year. And so we had a couple of meetings, like they were based in LA. And we had a couple of meetings with them and they were just like proper horror fans. And so they were starting this, this new label and they wanted movies that would kind of represent their label and what they were about. And for them, Beaten to Death fit perfectly. And so they have a really strong marketing background. Like they'd worked um, Benny, uh, Blumhouse, Orion. Yep. yep. Uh, and some other other big big names and sony i think yep yep and so we're like yep these guys get us we get them let's go for it and so yeah like i said before when they were talking theatrical we were like that's awesome and Fuck yeah and then um you know they obviously knew exactly what they were doing and how to run a campaign to market a movie and even like once we started receiving the materials like the poster and the trailer we were just like fuck yeah guys yeah. there was also a very different experience as well compared to what we would had in the past where um our sales agent would sell to a distributor and we'd know who it was sold to um there'd be zero contact several months later out of nowhere it's out on dvd in whatever country it was in um whereas welcome villain from the get-go they had us very involved in the process um had us they, they were giving us updates on what they were doing and and their plans and their schedules it very much felt like we're not just taking a movie and shoveling it out it was right. they were putting in a lot of care into it as well um and i, I wish a, a lot more distributors 
kind of took that that care with filmmakers as opposed to just having it purely transactional. Mm, yep, yep, absolutely. Because like I was saying earlier about how hard it is for independent filmmakers, and so you do hear a lot of horror stories um, about distributors that, you know, yeah. take the movie, don't really never see a cent. So, yeah, just to, again, echo what Benny just said, it was awesome to be able to work with it a real distributor that wants to keep you involved. And also like, um, and so that made it more exciting too, because they were reached, they were getting us into different festivals that we would have had perhaps struggled to get into. They were lining us up with um, podcasts and stuff like that and interviews. They got us into the New York times, which was nice. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, was, that was mind blowing that, that um, guy that we had an interview with the New York times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we still can't believe it. No, um, <laughs> yeah, those, those, are, those are big accomplishments, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so it had sort of taken us, you know, like we still haven't made it as such, but just to finally get that big payoff. Get with that this, bit, of, bit of recognition and, you know, know that, yeah. know that people who sort of knew, knew what they were doing sort of had something on the line themselves were, were mm. was confident enough in it mm. to really back us. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny too, because if I could just talk about welcome villain for a second, they, um, I'm a fan of theirs without even realizing that I was a fan of theirs because they, um, they did a similar thing where they reached out to a director named Anthony de Blasi who directed a movie called last shift, which we covered here on the podcast. And they reached out to him and they were like, Hey, you know, would you be interested in remaking your own movie and, and, you know, putting it out through us. And so the movie Malum that came out, I think last year is a welcome villain, um, production as well and so for them to be recognizing greatness in i'll call them the little guys right the people that are, are kind of fly under the radar but are doing really great work like you guys are doing and to bring that to light i think is is fucking awesome and i like to think that that's kind of what we're doing here too between matt and i is we're trying to identify some really good people good projects and then present that to the rest of the world or whoever will listen because for the same reason that you guys made beaten to death, which I believe is less about catering to the masses and more about creating something that you are passionate about, that you're a fan of something that you would go and watch. That's what's going to draw mm -hmm. people in. Because if you like it, just like, just like are, our boy Benjamin said there, like it wasn't about the audience at that point. You just, right. Uh, and, you and, know, go on. Yeah. And welcome villain seems to kind of be in that same wheelhouse there too. So kudos to mm -hmm. them for, shining a light on you guys and blessing the world with the uh, beaten to death because <laughs> honestly yeah, creative freedom creative freedom yeah 100 percent. not and, hollywood it's not you know it's it's just uh something to kind of uh s slip into your to your mind and shit like that like something uh something uh unheard of and stuff and that's that's what these movies feel like they, they feel like an artwork of their own they they don't they don't feel like they were there um for you know uh don't get me wrong if i if i had my say in it these deserve oscars but you know obviously they're not oscar award winners they're just great films in general thoroughly enjoyed i mean i've got to ask mr. Roach, right yeah 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 i was gonna say mr roach your performance and beating to death actually had me kind of like almost wanting to shed a tear for you, bro. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. 
it was, it was no, it was it was amazing. I didn't know you had that range, dude. I I really didn't. Did I? <laughs> it was very believable, wasn't it? You actually felt every single punch, mm-hmm. every single when his eyeballs were getting gouged out. You felt that. Good God! You felt, and you felt the pain. It's like you felt like you, you made us feel like you're not going to have eyes anymore, man. Like yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just never thought for Benny. Uh, being the sound recordist as Roach was like, like <laughs> spewing, spewing, guttural. Uh, but I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give you too much credit, uh, Roach, because you did punch me square in the face in one of the scenes in Blood Hunt. We did watch it and laugh. <laughs> That's right. Dean told us about that. Yeah, hey, you want to ask him if he was okay. Your point of view on that moment? Hey? Right, um, do you want to go to the point where I couldn't I couldn't hold it anymore. I just had to really connect one. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where, like, you, you you practice those those sort of those fake the sort of the stage punches and stuff, and you get the timing right and everything. But like, you know, at the same time, you've got Dean hanging upside down from like a chain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like the margin is like moving the whole time. So then. Like we 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 had it down like so well for most of the production. Then that just that one time, it's just I really went for it, and that he must have just moved like on that chain just enough for me to just just enough. It was a decent one. Absolutely, it wasn't, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like a clip on the nose. It was a oh yeah, no no. Can like that was like flush in the side of his face. Well, I'll tell you that. Well, I I did tell that story to Kane Hodder, and he actually is so jealous of you because. It's his, well, he's jealous of me too because he just wants to be punched in the face. He, <laughs> he actually has this goal to be want, want to be punched in the face. I thought you were going to say he was jealous of me because he wanted to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you're getting a shot from Kane Otter, man. You're a real man. <laughs> but he actually he guys, said that. Built like a tank. You, read, you read something about this, didn't you, Paul? Um, uh, something about, I, I, I know I texted you about it afterwards and, um, he has a podcast that he does with Felissa Rose and somebody else. Um, and he, I think he had talked about always wanting to be punched in the face. Oh, I no, it, I know what it was. They were talking about conventions, the horror conventions, meeting fans, taking pictures, stuff like that. And this, this fan just came up to him and he said, he he comes to Kane, to Kane Hodder and he says, "Charge me whatever you want, but will you please punch me in the face?" And Kane Hodder was like, <laughs> "No, there's liabilities there. Like I won't do it." But he was, you know, he was enlightened by the idea that some, you know, somebody would want Kane to punch them in the face. And I was like, "Well, I know a story about you wanting to get punched in the face, <laughs> so you should understand where that guy's coming from." Yeah. Okay, well, we you don't. Sorry, because I'm. I think Dave got him back. Oh, Dave! Well, Dave, Dave got him. yeah, Dave left me. Like he just left my body covered in bruises. And Sam, and Sam, I wanted to say this. Like, like, like towards the end, or at the end of um, Beaten to Death. I 100% great movie, but I just wanted to say the only the only one thing I could have asked for you to do during during the editing of that film was just at the very end when the lead character was beaten to death you should have just ended it 
with the title card again. Mm, mm, that that would have been good, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, here's the beating to death. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> beating yeah. to death right. again. <laughs> and then roll credits. Yeah. That was the only thing. Other than that, the movie was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that on board. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of minutes left, so let me ask because you know we fell in we fell in love with this uh, whole uh, trope of movies, starting with Blood Hunt. You know, sure did. fantastic performances from both Dean and Roach, and then you know it kicks up a notch with Slaughterhouse, in my opinion. And then you and just, that was my boy PG's idea, man. I had never heard of these films. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Thank God he threw them at me because we thoroughly enjoyed. Them. With, with Slaughterhouse, we get some more Dean, but no Roach. And then with Beaten to Death, we get a lot of Roach, no Dean. It sounds like uh, Kill Him Once would have kind of been a good, hey, let's bring the gang back together. So I'm, I'm curious, what's next? And, and who's involved? Because I'd love to see the gang come back together again. At the moment, we're, we are trying to do bigger stuff. So we kind of thought like, which obviously that's how you want your career to go. But we feel like we sort of perfected our little low budget model. And so it's kind of a shame if we were to say goodbye to that, but it's also really exhausting to do it that way. So we won't say that we won't do another little low budget one, but at this stage, we're focusing on some bigger stories that we'd like to get funding for. So um, Benny and I at the moment, we're making pitch decks, we're writing, we're, trying to get a few things off the ground. So um, got a couple of horrors. We've got one that uh, is leaning back towards action because even though we're horror filmmakers, it was sort of horror action from the start. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. they're That's not leaning like, yeah. at the moment. But we also want to get back to doing a bit more action too. So um, there's nothing yet that we could say is going to happen, but um, hopefully soon. Hopefully they- in the next year we, we get that opportunity. And if we don't get the opportunity for something bigger, then we'll just say, fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could leave well, it I, as I have... things are in the works. Things are in the works. There you go. We, have we, can, we, can, probably, we, we can do it. We can do a Christmas movie and get box to play Santa. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Fuck yeah. Hey, and also, I wanted to bring this up because my boy PG here may have forgotten that we actually kind of wanted to tackle this. Um, there was something that happened in the end credits of Slaughterhouse. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Correct? You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to nail that through because there was something that I guess I missed. I remember that box had a box. And we were making a joke about a box within a box in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box had a chest, right, or something like that in his house. And he kept um, the neighbor in for some time or whatever, right? The old man. Um, and I, I guess there's a post credit scene, something that I missed. I, I think I was watching it on Tubi or something. I don't remember this post credit scene for whatever reason. I'm not sure if I cut it off too too early or whatever the case was. But he's all, did you see the post credit scene where somebody let him out? Like he was in the box. And I, I was like, really? And I guess it was gearing towards Nuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes, you're right. It was Nuck. So after we did Slaughterhouse, like we always sort of joked that this, that 
because like we do sort of call them a loose trilogy and <laughs> we've sort of showed that they could all exist within the same universe and so we right. just had fun little conversations how it could all intersect so we kind of thought that um and this was before we we'd done beaten to death so beaten to death sort of ruined the timeline <laughs> ah, but, um, dang it. but we would have had at the start of the movie you would have had nuck on a dirt bike holding his guts in like he survived <laughs> and was making his way out mm. and then it was going to be dean and nathan it was going to turn out were brothers and so then box and nuck were going to team up to get revenge <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I don't know how Blake fits uh, into. I would to- oh man, that sounds so great! I would totally watch that. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's what you do. Here's what you do. once you get big, you do all your films and stuff like that. You you come back and you bring that back to us, and you just for the fans. Yeah. Fill it yeah. all in for us. Hell yeah, that, that, that could be the one. If 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 Hollywood doesn't come calling, that could be lucky there number you go. four. There you ah, go. fuck Hollywood nowadays, man. <laughs> They want happy endings and bullshit. Fuck that shit. <laughs> writer strikes, man. We've been dealing with these writer strikes and bullshit, man. I, I, I've, I've been finding a lot of fun out of a lot of these foreign films, these, these, these low, these low budget films and stuff like that. They're, they're good, man. Creative minds and stuff like that. They, they don't give enough, get enough credit for, for, uh, you know, for Hollywood. Yeah. I, uh, I brought it up a while back and I, I don't remember at what point, but it was kind of around, we were watching all three of the films because it seemed like for a good chunk of time, we were getting some really good stuff coming out of different parts of Australia. Um, we had just watched the movie Boar, which was directed by, uh, uh, Chris son, I think is his name. Right. Did I get that right? Dean? Yeah, Christopher Sun. Yep. Yeah, because you did Charlie's Farm with him, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That was just before Boar. So so we, we came off watching Boar, and then um, there is this movie on Netflix called Run, Rabbit, Run, which takes place in South Australia. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, and then we watch your guys' films, and then Talk to Me comes out, and it's just like all of a sudden we're seeing this great wave of horror coming from Australia and it's just awesome to see that no matter what point in the world you are, that there are people who love the genre just as much as you do and that, you know, they're capable of great stuff. And you guys are no different. Yeah. You guys are just part of that. Yeah. It's a universal thing, isn't it? Everybody yeah. loves horror. Yeah, no that's for talking. sure. <laughs> Uh, by the way, uh, the, the the movie from uh, Peter Jackson back in the day. I, I had to ask you guys because you know it takes place in Australia and stuff. Uh, the the movie Dead Alive is that what it's called over there? It's called Brain Dead here. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was sitting here. Okay. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, I thought it took place in Australia for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no deal. You would have just insulted the entire. Somebody else thought it took place in Sydney. I don't know. I, maybe I'm retarded. Yeah. Oh, they they talk funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe that's it. I'm I'm sure us Americans talk funny. Either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> totally get it. Anything you guys want the listeners and the fans out there or future fans to be aware of? Keep their eyes open. Where can people follow everybody? Any any last thoughts, words? Thing that we love is we love to hear reviews. So we love to get reviews. Mm. So 
if someone's seen the movie, if you liked it, if you didn't, jump on Letterboxd and let us what let us hear what you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, we got buddies here that like uh, they wouldn't have watched any of these movies had it not been for the podcast and stuff like that. And I get I get feedback all the time from uh, friends of mine. They're like, man, I, I would have never known that movie existed, but because you guys brought it out, and here he is. They're watching your guys' movies, and boom. Yeah, that's how I definitely have a network. Yeah. Cool. Any upcoming projects any of you guys are working on that we can be on the lookout for? Uh, I'm working on something, but I can't talk about it because it's really in the discussion stage, but it is a leading role and it's, nice. uh, it's pulled me back out of back into the game kind of thing. Cause I, I left the game and now I'm back in the game, but <laughs> yeah, so I can't talk about it, but there, there's a lot of names attached to it and it's, it's going to be fun for me. So nice. Um, yeah. Is it the uh, Punisher too? Yeah. My partner and I were hey. watching The Mist again the other day. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen Thomas Finn was in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mist. He's yeah. in a lot of Stephen King movies. How about yeah, you, Ben? Yeah, I know yeah. you do a lot of the writing for these films. Is this is this the only place you do writing, or is or can we find your writing somewhere else? No, no, no. It's purely movies only. Uh, and you know, as Sam said before, we're putting together various pitch decks for people right now, and um, hopefully someone can give us some money uh, to make these movies. Uh, as much as I like making movies, I would like to get paid uh, to make a movie. Sure. Uh, so. Hopefully these understandable. You might see a, 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 some some more filth coming to screens your way. Nice, nice. All right, Matt. Any closing thoughts? I'm not nothing else. I just wanted to say, man, it was dude. It's iconic to meet you guys in person, and you guys are doing a good job. I really hope the best for you. And uh, yeah, Godspeed. Yeah, if there's anything you guys are working on, you know, feel free to tag us on stuff. Reach out, let us oh, know. Yeah. The more that we can put your names out there and your brand and your products and your projects, like we'd love to do it. We're we're huge fans of everything that you guys do because you do it so well and you have such a passion for the Absolutely. genre. So we want to make sure that the rest of the world, you know, can as much as we can, um, recognizes that 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 same uh, love that you guys have for all this stuff. So anything that we can do on our end to help facilitate that, we're always going to be here for you guys. So again, thank you for even agreeing to sit down with us and come together. I know 19 hour time difference and, you know, five different locations and it can be a little of a, of a bitch to put together, but we got it done and it came out great and I appreciate it. So Thank you very much. Thanks, and in man. Australia, we would call this beer o'clock. It's beer o'clock now. I'll drink to that. Oh, man, it's been beer o'clock at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> All right. Cheers, fellas. Have a great rest of your day. Anyway, one last thing, Mr. Yeah, Sam. Right. I, got, I, got, I got one question for you. Does the curtain match the grapes? <laughs> God damn, I always fuck that shit up. <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank Cheers. You Thank you, guys. Thanks so much, Bye, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. <laughs>